hey guys, it's Eric. What I do is I just take my hat and I turn it around, and it's like a it's like a switch that goes on. And when that switch goes on, I feel like another person. I feel, I don't know. I feel like a like a truck, like a machine. Hey guys, this is Joe. The world meets nobody halfway. When you want something, you gotta take it. Michael Cutler is my boy. You've deserted him years ago. Damn you! Damn you! Last time they drove him from his son. This time there'll be no turning back. The world meets nobody halfway. If you want it, Mike, you gotta take it. Sylvester Stallone, over the top, rated PG, opens this week. You're listening to Worth the Late Fee, the podcast for two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Not bad, Eric. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So <clears throat> I just gave one movie quote, which we always do. You pick one, I pick one. But this, we're uh, we're doing over the top today, in case you, you probably already heard the trailer. But uh, this, I had the hardest time picking my quote of any movie we've done because there's so many amazing one-liners in this it's film. A, it's a quote gold mine. Like there is some really like is. I was trying to as I was watching it, I was trying like to <clears throat> write down my notepad, my phone, like every like ridiculous quote I, I heard. But not all ridiculous, but some of the more. But like they're just like you said, both good and bad. So many quotes in this film. So I wanted to go through four more. The first one's pretty short. It's just a uh, a talk between two of the big big guys and it's just says are you Hawk? I'm Smasher. <laughs> when I was watching, I just cracked out to myself. <laughs> and then this one is when uh, when uh, Sylvester Stallone is he he's just picked up his son. He, so so Lincoln Hawk has just really met his son pretty much, and he's driving in the truck and he asks his son if he wants to go to like a diner for a steak. And then his son, who's like ten, goes, "Sir, you're going to be the victim of cholesterol poisoning." Later in life, you'll just rot away. <laughs> oh, and then I have um, uh, during. I think this is part of one of the intros <clears throat> to the arm wrestling combatants. When I get to the table, that person—I don't care who they are—they're my mortal enemy. I hate them. And then another one from that scene: uh, I drive trucks, break arms, and arm wrestle. It's what I love, and what's what I love to do, and what I do best. Those, so, those interviews were well, some of the coolest creating from her. Is so good at the end of the film. But those guys are. No, we're gonna say I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say the one quote that we talked about before this made me laugh when they're in the truck together, and again they're they're still trying to bond and get used to each other. And Mike's tired. They're about to take their nap, whatever, in the middle of nowhere. And then Hawk looks over at him. He's like, "If your neck is a little sore, you can use my shoulder as a pillow." <laughs> like, and the what? best. The best thing too is when the scene when they wake up, he's leaning on his son. Yes. He's got his head on his son's pillow, on his son's <laughs> shoulder. <clears throat> but the, what I was gonna say is those guys, the a lot of the guys who were who played the arm wrestlers. This isn't gonna surprise you if you if you've seen the film, but they're professional wrestlers and stuff like that. And I'm not even joking, they were pretty good because I couldn't get through that line without laughing so considering they were they the being a professional wrestler definitely helped because you just have to put on that character and and whatever but other than we'll get into the film in a little bit other than that how's how's life going pretty good it was pretty busy with the long weekend um but 
I got mentioned the fact that we've recorded back to back to back episodes with big things happening in the world. Plic- yeah, today in the past two today in the past two Wednesdays. Yeah, so we had a riot the first Wednesday, a second impeachment this the second Wednesday, and today we have the swing of a new president. So we've been pretty consistent with big news in the world with re- with yes. these recordings. Yep. Um and no need to get into what side anyone was on, but I hoped, like you said, we welcomed a new president today, Joe Biden. And whatever side you're on, I'm hoping that everyone can kind of put down their swords for a little bit and come together. That's probably ridiculous, wishful thinking. That's not going to happen, but yeah. it's That's it's worth true. a shot. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we could all, I know I could use a break. So, yeah. Um, but outside of politics, as far as TV goes, what are you, what are you watching anything good? I'm still going through uh, Better Call Saul and I'm trying to, between that and Money Heist, which I talked about in the past, um, I took a little break from that, not because it's bad or anything, but just because I kind of had to focus on Better Call Saul because I was like, I actually have a time limit on this before the new season starts. So I try to go back to that. And between the two of those shows, they're both really, really good in their own ways. That's awesome. Bree and I are, we have finished The Outsider on HBO. I went against the poll on Instagram where people told me it wasn't worth finishing. And we both really liked it so i am not usually into there's some kind of supernatural stuff in it which i'm not usually into but i really liked it um so that that was great and uh yeah other than that we're still slowly but surely getting through um schitt's creek but i do have a a question to ask you joe as a film student or former as a graduated film student have you heard of or watched on hbo murder on middle beach mm-hmm. no so it's 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 a four-part true crime docu-series but what you're like oh there's like one of those on every channel now totally true but what's interesting is it's this the kid who made it is very young if i had to guess he's like in his mid-20s now and he made it because his mother was murdered oh wow and so his mother was murdered, I think, when he was 18. He went to school for film, and the it starts, I think it started as like a film project in college, and then he carried on outside of once he was out of school. But we've only watched one of the four, but just that story is crazy. And, and he's interviewing, the kid's a total professional, because like he's interviewing, we're, we're only one episode in, but it seems like his his father is some people think he's a suspect his aunts and uncles have some shady stuff so he's interviewing his father and his aunts and uncles and he's doing it like so professionally and he can just like flip a switch and go from my mother's been murdered and super emotional to just asking these crazy questions i you even if you're not into true life you might like it for true crime i mean you might like it just for like the film story is it are they each is each episode kind of like a mini movie or is it like an hour long episode? Hour hour long episodes. Okay. So it's four total hours, I think. So yeah, I'll look into that. Is it, you said it's on HBO? Yes. Yep. I'll look into yeah, that. It's called Murder on, Murder on Middle Beach. It's set in Connecticut. Yeah, I haven't looked I haven't really heard much about that, so I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, I hadn't either, and then and then Bree brought it up. So I, we, I we, we talked about it last week too, I was gonna mention today, actually, thirteen years ago, on this day, Breaking Bad premiered. The very the, the pilot really? so yeah wow really it's been that long 13 years 
So this That's is crazy. this is your opportunity, Eric, to uh, after you're done with your current shows, maybe check out some some BB. Yeah, I just I just can't get into it. And I, like I said, I think I said this last episode. It did. Literally, everyone I know who watched that show loves it. I don't doubt that it's a great show. I just can't. I can't get into it, and I know Bree couldn't get into it. And when you live with someone, it's like both from both sides. I've pitched shows to her, and she's pitched shows to me. And if the other person's not into it, you don't even bother because you're like, we don't spend that much time watching these stuff. We're not both into it. It's it's a no right. going. But yeah, thirteen years thirteen years ago, and like just it's crazy to see how just in in thirteen short years how much of an impact that show has made on TV and you know, yeah, but. It's a really cool Instagram page and like social media page called Screenplayed where they take screenplay pages from big movies and TV shows, whatever. And they had a, they featured a whole uh, couple of pages of Breaking Bad today, the pilot. And man, so I, as someone who loves reading screenplays, it flows so well. Reading that is just super easy. So what they do is they kind of um, splice the image between like the actual video and the screenplay page so you can kind of read along with the characters and the screenplay is so good just that pilot episode it's incredible That's awesome makes sense why it's been going on for so long or i know breaking bad finished but now it has the um spinoff so yeah, yeah better call Saul. so um that is a critically acclaimed show and to transition to what we're watching today another critically acclaimed masterpiece um we're going to be talking about the 1987 Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling classic undoubtedly the best arm wrestling film of all time and that's and that's saying something because there's been quite a few uh, before really? we of. um but before we get into that I'm drinking uh we we watched I'm drinking love and wrestling from Mayflower Brewing I had it for Vision Quest, and I think it fits this film as well, even though it's a different type of wrestling, arm only. But there is no love like the love of, that Lincoln Hawk has for his son. So love and wrestling from Mayflower Brewing. I liked it for Vision Quest, and it's, it's delicious today too. So it was your pick this week. So, and I was wondering, how the hell did you stumble upon over the top? And I do want to, I do want to say though, I want you to swear on anything that when I guessed it in the last week's episode. So if you listen to last week's episode, Joe said, I'm doing a, a Sylvester Stallone movie. Which one do you think it is? And I first guessed, and I swear on my life that Joe didn't tell me I or give not. me any hints. Nope. Right. Nope, what are no the hints. odds of that? I was, I was, I was, I was a shock. I was waiting for you to, you know, pull some more obvious hitters, but no, you, you guessed from the top and I was. <laughs> yep. Yep. But anyway, you, wh- why did you, why did you pick it? So I'm, I picked it because I've been watching. I when I'm, sometimes when I'm working, I have episodes of TV shows playing in the background, and this episode happened to be playing in the background, so I'll get into that in a second. But I've been seeing this movie since probably around the early 2000s. I first heard about it from a show called The OC. It's uh, it's been a long time since I made an OC plug, but the father in the show, Sandy, loves the film and mentions it a couple times. So I figured I'd check it out, and I remember really liking it back then when I first saw it. And this is a film I've only. This is a film that before seeing and only reading the name and description of, you probably think it's completely over the top, and that's the only point I'll be making. I promise. Um, <laughs> but it's honestly a really good film. So the reason why I picked it is because again, I was watching the OC episode in the background. That just happened to be the one when he's renting over the top, and I was like, oh my god, I forgot about over the top. So and I remember liking it, like I said. So be fun to revisit. 
That's uh, no, I'm I'm glad you picked it. This this film was introduced to me by my two best friends. They and their father are fans of 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 just about everything Sylvester Stallone, especially eighty Sylvester Stallone. But uh, I don't remember if I watched this for the first time with them, but it was just one of those things where I probably like laughed at lines from this movie a thousand times before I ever watched it. It's just it's just like you know the quote I gave at the beginning. My my friend Adam and I still say that to each other. I texted him when I was watching this. I texted him. I said I texted him. I said, "Guess what I'm watching?" And I texted him a picture of. It was the most neutral scene ever. It was just Sylvester Stallone standing there. It was in between. You know when the guy calls him up to talk when they're in the tournament. The guy calls him up to talk in his office. Yes. So it's him standing there with a sleeveless shirt, obviously. And something wrapped on his forearm, but that's it. It wasn't a picture of them arm wrestling. And Adam's like, "Are you watching over the top?" And I'm like, "How did you?" So, they're huge fans. And then it also, my other memory of this film is, have you ever seen the SNL skit? So Stallone was on SNL. This is in like the probably mid '90s, and they did this bit where Norm Macdonald got in a car accident, and Sylvester Stallone playing himself runs over to the car and Norm Macdonald just goes like, aren't you Sylvester Stallone? And he's like, yeah, 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 but we're going to get you out of here, buddy. Don't worry about it. And Norm Macdonald proceeds to just trash on every Sylvester Stallone movie (laughs) ever made. And there's this line that Adam and I um, still, my friend and I, Adam still reference where he's like, um, he says uh, something about over the top and he says, it's a film that combines the emotional drama of a child custody battle with arm wrestling. So if you can, if you can Google, I don't know because NBC is weird about stuff. I don't know if it's available online, but I'll try to find it. If I find it, I'll send it to you. It is seriously one of the best SNL. It's one of my favorite SNL bits of all time. I highly recommend if anyone's listening to Google, I bet you if you Google like Norm Macdonald SNL, Sylvester Stallone or Sly Stallone, it'll come up. So, but anyway, uh, Joe, do you have any stats as far as how this classic did financially? Not a whole lot, but as you can guess, it didn't do very well. <laughs> so, Over the Top came out in New York, in Los Angeles on February 12th, 1987, which was a Thursday. And then it opened up to more theaters the next day at a budget of 25 million, making 16 million in the box office. And it was directed by, I'm going to butcher this name. Menahem Golan and written by both Stallone. It's a tough name. I, no, I think you. I think you got it. You said that confidently. If that's I, not right, that sounded right. That was that was good. <laughs> he's, he's directed. A, he's 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 been directing films since I think like I read like at the seventies. Six. No, the sixties. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been in the game for a while. So, um, it was written by both <laughs> Stallone and Sterling Siliphant. So, it's kind of nice how Stallone actually, despite which we'll get into later on, not be wanting, not really want to be in this film. He's actually one of the writers for it. And so he, uh, Menahem Golan, if we're pronouncing that, or however you pronounce that, he was also involved with uh, Cannonball Run, Cobra, um, and he has some Golden Raspberry Awards, or nominations at least, for his films. And it, as long as another cast member who has uh, some Razzies. Uh, so, you know, at least you're winning. Like some, some awards better than, than no award. Critically, this film would not be any Razzie. Okay. Just want to say that real quick. This film <laughs> not, for, is, not for me. Not, not for the top. All right. Um, critically, I couldn't find an Ebert review, which is weird that he he could miss such a classic. I don't know why I wouldn't tune 
or chime in on it, but it's a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb and a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, which that sounds too low to me, oh, the Rotten Tomatoes score particularly, but given what some of the other films we've talked about have been scored, I was like, uh, okay, all right, that's for what it is, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> I know this, this is a classic. So some other stuff that was going on in the world at that time, when it came out, you said what? What month was it? In eighty-seven, September of eighty-seven? No, this is uh, February. February eighty-seven. Okay, sorry. So, um, not much else going on in the film world. The only ones I could find that I even kind of recognized were Black Widow and Mannequin. That's about it. Outside of I used Hollywood, to love is Mannequin the one with like the do- the dummies who come alive? Is that the one we're thinking of? Like Mannequins come alive, basically, I and like they fall so. in love. I used to love growing up. <laughs> so, uh, outside of film, uh. Madonna's Open Your Heart song went number one. Don Mattingly won the highest salary arbitration at the time. And it was, you want to guess what his salary arbitration award was? Per year. I wouldn't even know where to begin. But so it's completely full myself. <laughs> it's just under $2 million, one, $1, a year. So compare that to today. That's pretty, yeah, pretty that's, insane. Yep. And then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scored his 36,000th nba point so not bad and then larry king had a heart attack which is sad but also he had a great run after that man if he was having a heart attack in 87 and he made it all the way until was he a 2020 death oh i don't know actually i think it was this year and then the last one i have is the first release of beatles on cd like compact disc uh, beatles band oh wow that's a pretty big one yeah yeah yeah. Do you have a, a back of the DVD summary to give the people an idea if they haven't seen it, what this masterpiece is about? Oh, I do. So a tale in which a truck driver with a lucrative sideline and arm wrestling takes his estranged 12 year old son on the road after the boy's mother falls seriously ill. The truckers begin to reach out to the boy as the pair head for Vegas and the arm wrestling world champions championships. Uh, but the lads wealthy Unfeeling grandfather sends his thugs for a stop to the bonding and bring the boy back. So just listening to you read that summary, I have one question that I meant to write down. I don't remember if I did. Do, is do we are we to believe that there's like this underground truck driver arm wrestling world? Because if there <laughs> I mean, is, it's they awesome. sold me, right? They sold me on. I was like, I believe this world. <laughs> Well, in the scene when when he first takes Michael out to the diner, and the guy just walks up to him and challenges him, and then how quickly they all organize, they're just like, "Clear the table, clear the they table." Have, like the props and everything, like the things yeah. they put their arms in, like the things they hold on to. Oh yeah, this is like they had everything prepared and get ready to go. Next time I go to a like sometimes when we go up to the family's house in Canada, we stop at like a lot of truck stops that look like that, and I'm gonna walk in and just start looking around for some sort of arm wrestling <laughs> arm wrestling table, but um. Anyways, uh, so as far as people going into this film, we talked about, I'm not going to really get into Menahem Golan and his career. He, he did have a pretty, like Joe said, he started in the 60s and he was involved in movies for the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way up to the 2000s. None of them really like super big other than this one. Um, I know he's from israel so i'm not sure if a lot of the films premiered here i don't really look into his whole filmography so they might have not all premiered in america i'm not sure right. if that was but he has like a, like you said he's he's been working for quite a while right right so the two people we i am going to focus on is the first one is obviously sly stallone 
AKA Lincoln Hawk, probably the greatest movie character name of all time. And, and what a weird run for Stallone. So if I showed you Rocky or Rocky two, he his and, and he was given credit for it. He should, he was decent in those acting wise. And then I show you this. Wait, and, are you serious? Dude, this movie acting was awesome. <laughs> I no, don't even care. Okay. No, I really like this movie. I enjoyed watching it, but the acting was he was he was out acted by David Mendenhall, who played his oh, son. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> so, okay. well, but so he had, but so yeah. Anyway, he had Rocky and Rocky two, but anyway, he had Rocky in seventy six, Rocky two in seventy nine, Rocky three in eighty two, and I'm skipping over some other ones. First Blood in eighty two. First Blood 2 in 85, Rocky 4 in 85, Cobra in 86, this over the top in 87, uh, Rambo 3 in 88, Tango and Cash uh, in 89, Rocky 5 in 90, Cliffhanger in 93, and Demolition Man in 93, and so on. So that's a pretty crazy run for an actor. I don't care if not all of them are Academy Award winners. That's a pretty good run. Yeah, no. Acting wise, Rocky for sure takes the cake with all you know all, all the Rocky films are what he knows is what he's known for for good reason. Like the Rainbow, yep. Rainbow films and all that, they're good, but acting let's let's be real. Right. Acting wise, over the top has that beat. <laughs> oh, Rambo. Rambo. Over Rambo. Maybe, yes. <laughs> maybe. Um, years later, I read Stallone. Someone asked him why he agreed to appear in this and over the top, and he said. Menahem Golan kept offering me more and more money until I finally thought, what the hell? No one will see it. No one did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was right about that. And then um, the other main character in the film is his son, Michael played by David Mendenhall and David Mendenhall actually had a pretty decent little career. He did a lot of voice work in, in TV shows like, uh, let me see, uh, rainbow bright and the Berenstein bears and GI Joe and, uh, punky brewster and transformers so he had a lot of that um he also had some um some like tv work on general hospital different strokes and he was last active in 2014 so i think he's kind of done but not a bad run for i don't know how that stuff works as far as how smart he was with his money and and all that stuff but he could have set himself up for a decent little life so good for good for david mendenhall yeah do you have any uh, anything down for the more you know random facts about Over the Top? Just a couple of them. You just said one of them. <laughs> the, the, Which the, one? The Stallone, uh, uh, how no one would see oh, it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Stallone wasn't the biggest fan of this movie at first. I don't know if that's changed or not since these, uh, since you know, these were published. But I, d- I doubt it. That's okay. So no, you know what it is though. Honestly, this is one of those movies that I would like to hook him up to a lie detector test and be like. If you like have him sit down and watch it and be like, did you like forget about what the critics said, or whatever? Did you enjoy watching that movie? <laughs> you know well, what I mean? I, was, I looked at some recent reviews actually, like Blu-rays and whatever DVDs, and recently, like more recently when this movie came out, they're a lot more positive. So it's one of those films that I think if they if it was reviewed today for the first time, it'd be a little different. And I think he, so. It's a little have a different opinion on the film because Maybe. in this in this quote or in an interview had recently, not recently, I with, I don't know when this interview was, but he had an interview with In A Cool News, and he said if he directed the film, he would change the setting to an urban environment, use score music instead of rock songs, and made the finale a little more ominous. And I'll tell you right now, those are all the wrong choices. <laughs> so, I was just going to say that, like, score music instead of, like, 
That's the stupidest. Dude, we had Kenny Loggins in that movie. We had like some like some some great yeah, some hype great songs 80s, in that film. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and then and I think the, the truck then, environment was perfect. I wouldn't change that. Right. And then like the making the last finale of Lomar Ominous, no way. Like so with that right. accord alone, I feel like he hopefully hopefully changed his mind at you know after revisiting this. Yeah. Yeah. Hope but, so. Um I have a few Justin, I don't know if I'm, or sorry, John, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this last name right, Brank, B-R-Z-E-N-K, the real-life arm wrestler who inspired the character of Lincoln Hawk, won in the Truckers Classic, Truckers Class of the original over-the-top tournament, and won the Volvo truck and tractor and trail mobile trailer that were the grand prize for the movie. It was worth about $250,000. Brank then took the truck on tour across the country to promote the film. He later sold it and bought an 87 Corvette with some of the money. So John Brank living that, that baller life. Um, John Wetton, lead singer of the group Asia, sang, win, originally sang Winner Takes It All for the film. The producer didn't think his voice was, quote, mean enough. So the song was offered to Sammy Hagar, whose version ended up on the soundtrack. Hagar did a music video to promote the song and the film, which featured um, Stallone and Zoom zoom walt so if you're wondering who zoom alt is zoom alt is the guy that plays bull bob so okay. kind of the I mean, i'll tell you the, right now i'm not sure how ages version would have sounded but Simi hager's version was awesome so i'm happy with the uh with the outcome of yeah, that song it, it, it all worked out for the best i think so um <laughs> did you did you read the uh fun the little fun fact with uh the lead guy i write down by read it when i and i thought it was pretty funny the guy was paid i think it was 10 grand to shave his head for the film and then he and just liked it and he just liked it <laughs> yeah so he's not even money. really bald yeah right easy money for him <laughs> yeah he got paid yeah um in one of the final matches stallone goes up against mad dog madison played by randy rainey randy ranny uh they would also go up against each other in rambo 3 in 88 so just a year later uh, and then last one i have a real life over-the-top arm wrestling tournament was created once the film was approved for production Organizers worked closely with producers at Canon Films in hosting the tournament while the film was being made. The contest was described as the biggest event in arm wrestling history, beginning with the first qualifier in Beverly Hills. Uh, the competition lasted a year throughout North America and included qualifying events in Europe, Israel, and Japan. The finale took place on July 26, 86, with an 18-hour marathon tournament at the Las Vegas Hilton. The movie featured many real-life arm wrestlers and footage from the Vegas finals. The only exceptions were the scenes that uh, featured Stallone, whose matches were filmed the day after the real finals. So, but the set and everything was, sounds like, the real-life, you know, battle zone or whatever. Yeah, yeah I didn't realize this was a real thing, arm yeah. wrestling championships, until I first saw this years ago. But, like, when I first saw this years ago, I started, like, looking up. I was like, this is a real thing that's been going on since, what, the 80s, 70s? I don't remember what it well, was. No, no, but this tournament was started, like, for the movie. Oh, right. No, no, right. But in general, though, but now it is, actual yeah. arm wrestling tournaments, though, are a thing. Yes. They are a real thing in Las Vegas. <laughs> I was – I am probably the worst arm wrestler in the history of arm wrestling. And so – and have you ever watched those videos on YouTube of when two people are arm wrestling and then one of their like forearms will just snap? No, I have not. Oh, God. It's, it's brutal. Like, is it a problem with arm wrestling? It's brutal, yeah. So, um, that's the when I, whenever I was watching this and the guys like really start like leaning into it, that's like all I could think of was like one of their 
They actually showed one quick scene. You see a guy getting carried away because he, I think his wrist does snap, right? You see, like, yeah. you see the mechal experts coming real fast in one quick scene in the movie. Oh, that was, I don't have it written down, but that was another one of my favorite scenes is when in between matches or whatever they're called, Stallone's like on the sideline and they're like rubbing his shoulder and like, it was like a, like a, like a heavyweight boxer. It was, <laughs> yes. it was awesome. So um, <laughs> did you have anything written down for things that wouldn't fly like in today's environment, not in this millennium stuff? No, the only thing I had was well, actually, just, I looked it up late after we talked about it originally. But the movie came out with a with a PG rating in '87, and yep. I think if it came out today, it'd be PG thirteen. But other than that, nothing that was nothing that was intense or anything. Yeah, I, I mean, it definitely had some stuff like with the child custody stuff, like the attempted kidnapping and subsequent car chase and all that stuff. That <laughs> probably isn't the best thing, but probably it was a house with a giant truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't anything. <laughs> wasn't anything that i thought wasn't politically correct it was just you know maybe some poor decisions and stuff like that but uh, <laughs> uh but yeah what uh this is a honestly a really tough question what did you have down for your favorite scene all right so while i like the scenes between hawk and michael the last act is completely bonkers i'm wrestling is clearly a huge deal to some people <laughs> this movie brought that to my attention when i first saw it years ago but the whole last act which revolves around arm wrestling is so exciting I was fully invested in this in this tournament, and each and every match that Hawk was involved in was intense. Credit to the director for keeping this interesting, and to the writers for finding ways to make this exciting as it was. And the last round, which went back and forth for a couple of minutes, again it was so intense. It was one real coaster finale, man. <laughs> like the whole final act is them just arm wrestling. So, I uh, I agree with that being great. My favorite, my favorite scene isn't tournament related, but if I had to pick a favorite tournament related scene, it would be the intro into the top eight competitors where they're all just like giving their spiel and their quotes. And it's Dude, just, I love, I love the documentary, like the quick interviews. <laughs> it's gold. <laughs> so it's good. gold. Um, my favorite scene, like I said, it's not actually part of the tournament. It is, if you were to say, Eric, what is like, what's the best scene in film to explain to someone how amazing and how horrible the eighties were, it would be the father son truck side workout <laughs> right after they woke up with Sylvester Stallone sleeping next sure. to his son in a big rig, hands down. That is the most eighties scene if, for in a good way and a bad way of all time. I record the scene I sent it to my brother. I record that as I was watching it and I sent it to my brother because I thought it was hilarious. Even when, like, even after he loses, he signs the papers after being in prison, he, you see him in the truck again with his arm. <laughs> like, yeah, his yeah. Eyes. So the whole sequence is they go from having zero connection to thick as thieves in like three minutes. Then Stallone is driving an 18-wheeler, not even looking at the road, showing him how to work out with the weird truck like cable weight machine he's constructed. And then he asked Michael, he asked Mike to drive the 18 wheeler. That's right. He's a good father. That, <laughs> you watch that, yourself. Five, that was like, like I said, if you were like, why are eighties movies just delicious garbage? That, that five minutes was amazing. And then my close, <laughs> my close runner up was the whole, the scene where Michael arm wrestles the bully at the truck stop who, the bully's like got like the 80s bully costume on he's got a sleeveless he's a greaser, vest man. yeah he's a greaser he's like yep. <laughs> he's got no shirt and a sleeveless vest and just just the idea like first of all what kid that age just hangs out at truck stops and then the, the an adult walking up to another kid being like, hey you want to arm wrestle my son like is 
it was it was amazing. I mean, I grew up in a, I grew up in the uh, in the A seven, so I'm not sure how things went down. But so I don't want to, you know, let's not jump to conclusions here, Eric. All right. That's <laughs> true. That might be changed. how things happened back then. <laughs> I was alive in '87. I, I didn't. I wasn't old enough to be arm wrestling at truck stops, but um, yeah, it was it was gold. Now there's some funny scenes, like you said, the 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 uh working out in the truck though had me i, I was dying when i saw that <laughs> yeah and it, i was wondering too like obviously it's not the case because sylvester sloan was working out like a freak and he also might have been on some supplements at the time but you would think that like his right arm would be even more jack like way more jacked than his left arm if all you did all day was drive around a truck and <laughs> and do that, that one arm yeah. And then, you know, what I had was just a serious question. If there are any arm wrestling tournament referees out there, how does it work to our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does it work? Do you have to be a righty? Is that just like the deal? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what yeah. if you're a lefty? Do you have to just, if to be an arm wrestler, do you just have to commit to like, I'm going to work on my right arm, like a psychopath? That's a fair point. Like, do they like, I wonder if they met you up with like, so it's, you know, so you can actually go against someone with, you know, if you're a righty or lefty. Yeah, yeah. Or do they like flip a coin and stuff? These are the things we the people need to know. So yes. I'm gonna <laughs> this is a good do some point. research. Do you, uh, what do you think about the soundtrack? I so I honestly didn't know a lot of the licensed tracks went into it, but I really enjoyed all the 80s tracks that played throughout the film. The song "When It Takes All" was completely 80s and even got me hyped during the tournament montage. And we had Kenny Loggins, Eddie Money, and then we had Giovanni Giorgio uh, Giorgio's composing the score. Uh, which captured the emotion really well, I thought. Only you would bring up the score of Over the Top. Dude, it was pretty good. Some of those, some of those really pretty melodies. I'm like, this is a guy who also helped out with Top Gun. So I just want to point that out. So he is the real deal in the uh, 80s yeah. scene. No, he was on top of the world in the 80s <laughs> if he was involved in these two. Frank Stone was also on the soundtrack. Perfect. You know, so that's good. So this is a tough one. If you could change one thing about, about this movie, what would you change? So this movie made arm wrestling, I thought, really exciting. I wish we had more scenes scattered throughout the film with the actual scenes of arm wrestling. We see them in the beginning when Hawk and Mike stop to get food and that uh, Hawk has a reputation of being this great arm wrestler. And later on, we see one more scene with his son arm wrestling, but it still doesn't explain just how big arm wrestling truly is in Hawk's world of truck driving. So if I could change anything, I would add more scenes throughout the film featuring Hawk destroying other people do we need these scenes to further explain how good Hawk is? Probably not. But the points made pretty clear during that food stop scene that he is notoriously good at this. But I wish we got to see that a little more than just hearing it verbally from another person. I want to see more of this armorous scene since it takes such a huge part of the last uh, act of the film. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I might I might piggyback on that. This is it's. I'm not, I wasn't joking. It's honestly hard because. Like to pick something you'd change because this movie is it's about child custody and arm wrestling so are there things wrong with it 100 percent. is most of the acting horrible uh yes no yes it is <laughs> but it is what it is and if you tried to improve it it would ruin it you know what i mean so the way that i was trying to explain to brie is it's kind of like you don't go to mcdonald's for high quality food that's what that's not that's what this movie is. It's for like five or six bucks, you get a, a mediocre cheeseburger, some French fries, and a soda. If you want prime rib and wine, you're you're going to the wrong place. And this movie does 
it stays in its lane and does what it's supposed to do so well. But I, I agree with you. I guess I'll kind of piggyback on what you said. I wouldn't have minded, even if it wasn't scenes, even if it was just like someone saying like, oh, that's Lincoln Hawk. He's the, he's the baddest mother effer on, you know, Route 95 or whatever. Um, and then I, one other note that I noticed, because it was actually going to initially going to be a nitpick, but then I started trying to confirm that he wasn't. So the guy who's supposed to be the Canadian champion does not did not sound Canadian at all. So I was like, I'm going to Google this and find out that this guy's from like Long Island or something. And Is I couldn't. Canada? No, <laughs> okay. I couldn't confirm where he was from. But if you have you ever seen the documentary Bigger, Stronger, Faster? No. Oh, it's actually pretty good. It's on steroids. It's pretty good. Okay. But the guy, as soon as I saw a screenshot of him now, I go, oh my God, this guy from Bigger, Stronger, Faster. So the guy who's supposed to be the Canadian champion in this is also in the documentary Bigger, Stronger, Faster. And if I remember correctly, he's a guy who's living out of his car and just working out. That's it. Is he, is he in the documentary because he's on steroids or is he just actually because he like... was on steroids? I don't know if he still, okay. I don't remember if he still is, but he's significant. I'll say this. He's significantly smaller than he was. Is he okay? Film. Yeah. So, um, but no, the, the honestly scenes though, I thought were in my opinion, the most exciting part of the film anyway. So I would like to take a more regardless to make the film better, I think. And just because they were really fun to watch. I have a, a question. Another question I was wondering about is, so at the beginning of the tournament, they say the top 500 arm wrestlers in the world, and then they're down to eight. Doesn't that seem like a lot of stress on your arm for one day? <laughs> like, wouldn't no, you think? Yeah. Wouldn't you think it would have to be like, all right, we're, we got the top 500. They're going to arm wrestle. You know, we're going to narrow it down on the first day. Everyone's, you know, going to cut it down to 250. And then uh, I don't know. Like, maybe Especially, it was. Go ahead. No, especially since I'm not sure like, if it's little, if the rules are changed a little bit, but during the final matches, you see Hawk getting a 30 minute break and if, yeah. if a bunch of people getting 30 minute breaks how are they getting theory one so fast it's like what is the process for the arm wrestling tournament yeah i have so many questions about the structure of <laughs> the arm wrestling world <laughs> but um so we're at that that point of the show um scale of one to five would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie so score of one is you you get your star watching the movie and Michael doesn't even get freed from his, what is that? Like a military school he was in? Yeah. That was the, I, th- I think so. Okay. So. Which you, again, I was mean, not a reference at all ever again in the film, but. <laughs> right. Right. That's why I, I kind of forgot about it. So I just started talking and you don't even, you get to that spot and you're like, this is stupid. I'm this kid's calling everyone, sir. I'm done. You turn it off all the way up to score a five, which is I'm willing to keep it for an extra day or two or three to watch it again. Uh, have my friends watch because I love it so much. Um, so it's Joe's pick. I'm going to go first uh, on this one. We've talked about it before, but in, so if a movie is just a little bit bad, if the acting, the screenwriting is a little off, it sucks. But if you go far enough with how ridiculous it is and how bad some of the stuff is and you keep the film super simple and short, it's ridiculously entertaining. And this is one of the best bad movies that we've done on the podcast, I think. We've done some bad movies, but this is this is like like I said, this it stays in its lane perfectly. So I gave this film, I don't know what you gave it, but I gave this a three out of five. And I would just want to say a reminder, we rate movies on how much we enjoy watching them. So 
this movie is completely ridiculous. The acting is mediocre at best or worst. The plot's insane, but it's so entertaining to just be able to turn your brain off for an hour and a half and just smile and laugh and whatever. But I have to give that note about we rate movies and how much we enjoy watching them because if someone's like, oh, Eric, you gave you know, this movie, whatever, it's like, I'm not saying this is a great film, right. but it is entertaining as hell if yeah, you just want to turn absolutely. on an 80s movie and and laugh and whatever. So, all right, Joe, your pick. What's your score? I'm giving this movie a four. <laughs> so, Holy shit. Yep. A movie about a truck driver bonding with his son as he's threatened to be taken away and is recognized as some arm wrestling champion. What? <laughs> right. First off, you really, really feel for Spencer's character, Hawk, in this movie. He plays that pity card so well in this, and you want to see this man succeed. The bonding scenes were sped up a bit uh, to get to, get to, to within the 93-minute um, runtime. But I thought, despite some time restrictions, it still worked out in a way where we kind of saw them bonding pretty quickly. Um, and it really made this film a human drama in between everything else happening. And while I wish we got a greater sense of how serious arm wrestling really was early on in this movie, this film had no right being as good as it was. Also, dare I say, this might be one of Stallone's best performances yeah, I mean, outside of Rocky and right, Rocky's whatever, his best yeah. performance. Well, Rocky, yeah, the Rocky series, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's this movie's entertaining, and it's an hour and a half, and it's stupid, and it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> but really I, is. I dare you, if you're sitting and listening to this right now, and you're like, these guys are out of their minds and whatever, you may not have it a three, you might not have it a four out of five, but I dare you to sit down and watch this movie it's only an hour and a half it's available on youtube sit down and watch this movie and you will you will you will, you won't stop smiling for like the entire, for the entire time it's so entertaining it's a feel good film like like again like it's a, a film about you know custody troubles and it's alone kind of struggling it really is a feel good movie above all those other like negatives it's it's right a unique film does so. the kids does the kid's mom die yeah Oh, that's <laughs> right. yes, <we> <laughs> does does Sylvester Stallone allude to a past where he was like dealing drugs or something and whatever? Yeah, whatever. But he, you know, does he does he sell a truck for seven does he sell a for seven grand to make ends meet? Yeah, yeah. He does. And, but then he bets it on himself. That's got a twenty to one odds, right? Yeah, because he believes in himself, or so, he just really needs the money. Yeah, yeah, or that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I really this is this is the perfect like rewatch situation where you, it's it it was just as ridiculous and entertaining as i thought it was going to be so um the beer was delicious again it's love and wrestling from uh mayflower brewing um <clears throat> follow us on instagram worth the late fee suggestions are always a welcome are always welcome we'll be back next week and i think it's it's my pick next week and this might be the end of this trend but i, I i've been saying how i've been trying to load up on the 80s uh, so I have at least one more 80s pick for my pick next week. I saw this on Prime a few weeks ago, and I kind of tried to get my wife to watch it, but she wasn't having it, partially because the trailer that's on Prime is garbage. I don't know if there's a, a better trailer out there or if that's it, but it doesn't do the film justice at all. We're staying in the 80s for at least one more week, one more week and we're watching the 1985 uh, murder mystery comedy Clue based on the board game. Yes, that's right. You mentioned that. Oh, <clears throat> Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I, re- I really, really liked this movie growing up. It was kind of given to me as a gift from an aunt or something. And 
So I probably would have never watched it if it wasn't for that, or at least I wouldn't have. It would have taken me a while, but I really, I really liked. It. Remember liking this movie? I haven't watched it in a while, but me too. That's the thing. I remember liking this movie a lot, and I know when before the pandemic, Chunky's our local theater would play this quite a bit as like a uh, a throwback film. And from yep. what I heard, they actually have board games you can play Clue while you're watching the film. So that's something I've I always hope, wanted to try doing. Hopefully, sooner rather than later, we'll be able to get back to Chunky's and see all of the throwback films, including uh, including Clue. Yeah, so, I'm excited for this one. Me too, yeah. Thank you guys very much for listening. Again, uh, if you have any suggestions or feedback, worth a late fee on Instagram. That's worth a late fee. Um, not worth the, worth a late fee on Instagram. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Yep, as always, guys, thank you.